Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode is one of our deep dives our back to tank of talk we are gonna dive in slosh around and talk about why so much tatooine and just uh really enjoy tatooine while we're at it i'm joseph scrimshaw i'm ken dapsuck i love that we have uh, stumbled out of this back to tank of talk because it's so true and now i'm envisioning a, a Brian Ward poster of you and I in a, in a big giant back to tank 
<laughs> probably in our space underpants. Uh, don't don't do that one, Brian. Um, it's it's fun to be here, sir, sloshing around with you. It is. It's really great. And uh, since they have made a Luke Skywalker in Back to Tank action figure, I'm really hoping. I want to purchase uh, Boba in his undies. I really, really do with all my heart. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we will move on from underwear to Audible. I'm sure they appreciate that segue. Anyway, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending The Fallen Star, the latest High Republic adventure by Claudia Gray. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. Ken, there's more. There is more. We have another offer. There is another Inside Editions. Publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books is offering 35% off across their website. If you use this special link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending Inside Editions, very fun book, Jedi Artifacts. Again, use this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35, FC35, my friends. Excellent. I am going to be using that very soon to get a present for my wife. Shh. Nobody contact my wife and let her know. Uh, anyway, we are going to dive into this topic. Why so much Tatooine? We are obviously spending a lot of time on Tatooine in the show Book of Boba Fett. We spent some time there in Mandalorian. So this is a discussion that has come up in Star Wars discourse many times over mm-hmm. literal decades. The question of, are we spending too much time on Tatooine? This is really the only the latest round of discussions. They're bubbling up, uh, you know, between fans. There are things that uh, people are writing about. And we really wanted to dig into the planet, its place in the galaxy, and really how it was uh, the different ideas of Tatooine were introduced into the story and really ask ourselves, why do we spend so much time on Tatooine? So, Ken, to get any of the uh, potential uh, negativity <laughs> out mm-hmm. of the way or, or maybe pushback from our perspective, uh, to the criticism, do you think we've visited Tatooine too many times? Do we spend too much time there? I will say this first. I think it's a very fair question to ask. That's where I'll start. Because my answer <laughs> is no. My answer is no. Uh, we have not visited Tatooine too many times. Um, can we spend a lot of time there? And are we currently spending a lot of time there? Yes, which is why we're having this discussion. But I think overall, uh, no, uh, we have not visited it too many times. Uh, I'll say this up top, too. I just would like to spend a little more time on Endor as well. That's about it. But other than that, uh, I love when we go to Tatooine and uh, can't wait to discuss it more. Justice for Endor. Uh, we've spent some time on Bespin on Cloud City in comics and books and video games. But my goodness, do I want to spend some time there on screen as well. So, yeah, I, I'm in the same place. I really do understand why it becomes a question over mm-hmm. the years. I think it's a valid thing to ask. And. I definitely really want to see some brand new places. And there are some older places like Endor or Bespin or Hill, maybe even Exegol. So many uh, places that we've seen a little bit that I would love to spend more time on. Uh, But just because I want to see those new things and old things explored in more depth, uh, I don't want to take that out on Tatooine, you know? (laughs) That's that's a great way to look at it. I'd love to go to Exegol. Damn you, Tatooine! Well, I and I because I think for me, that's maybe a little bit of way the way the debates are framed sometimes of like, mm-hmm. OK, well, we're going to tell a Star Wars story. Where do we want to tell it? Where should it happen? And as we've been saying a lot in the in the past couple of weeks, I do think 
the question of is it is there too much nostalgia is there too much revisiting of old ideas uh in pop culture in general i, I think that's a really valid uh concern uh, it's something that comes up a lot in star wars um I, I, some of the articles sometimes that are critical of star wars talk about um a disney choice right mm. that maybe mm. spending time on tatooine is about um safety uh of people want to see what they know and there's obviously an element of nostalgia of of seeing things that you know people we're, we're all excited to see beggars canyon that's great there is an element of nostalgia to it uh but i just don't uh, i just even though disney is a large corporation and i think if they said we want x to happen it probably would my opinion mm-hmm. is that's not what's happening i don't think disney is going great what star wars can we tell on tatooine i feel like creators are saying Here's the character I want to explore. Here's the era. Here's the event. Here's the politics. Uh, that's what I want to explore. It happens to be on Tatooine. I think almost every time we've come to Tatooine, it has been for a storytelling reason that is very specific to Tatooine, or sometimes, you know, uh, just uh, because that's where a character is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, it, it isn't too much Tatooine because it feels organic to me. It feels like these are the stories that that these creators want to tell. And we have a bunch more stories coming around the, the corner and we'll go to lots of other places. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. End of yeah. episode. Bye, everybody. No. <laughs> well, let's get into the fun stuff of talking about Tatooine. Um and, and why there is so much uh, story there. So to begin our conversation, I want to ask about why you think stories uh, continue to return there so much. And then we're going to walk through all the appearances. Not all, many of the appearances. If we walk through all, this podcast would be 17 hours long. Uh, but why do you think stories continue to return to Tatooine? Yeah, I, I think I'm honestly going to continue to answer this question all through this episode, right? A lot of my notes go back to this one about the big why of it. And a lot of it is, uh, you touched on one of the smaller reasons. I'll start there. A lot of times characters are there. It's already been established. So when you're going back to tell some of those stories, you just need to go there. Boba Fett was not going to emerge on Jakku out of the Sarlacc pit. That would have been <laughs> weird, a time warp thing or something. That'd be great. Yeah, that uh, would Kenobi. be amazing if Sarlaccs were transdimensional beings <laughs> and you, you entered here and you exited there. Yeah, and, and and we're gonna find that out with Kenobi too, and this gets into that nostalgia question there as well. But I, you know, I think you and I are on the side of nostalgia. Not only is it baked into Star Wars, it's what you do with that nostalgia uh, that is important. And when you keep going back to these 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 stories on Tatooine, it is going back to where a lot of it began. We're gonna dive into those reasons, and then kind of taking the story out from there and why that's key am i being kind of vague yeah i i just really think this is going to we are constantly going to come back to this question during this show and uh and i can't wait to see it connects to so many other reasons uh, that we're there yeah yeah i i totally agree with you i think there's a lot of just the character is logically there like obi-wan in rebels or fat mm-hmm. in the sarlacc and we could we could list you know once java becomes a, a player in elements like uh, some elements of the clone war story well that's where he is right uh, yeah. so there's a lot of that but there's also just I feel like we come back there because it is meaningful a lot of times to the character, right? Like a, a character has something to face there. Um, get into details as we talk about it. But there's a reason that Luke returns that's beyond practical. It's emotional. Same thing with Anakin. Uh, same thing mm-hmm. with Ray. So a lot of times it's like that's where the character needs to go to face something or resolve something. Uh, so I think of a lot of it as storytelling. Yeah. And that's 
I think has a lot to do with it. Just its first appearance. And, and if George had gone to a different planet, uh, if, if Aqualai had been the planet instead of Tatooine, <laughs> we'd be going, why is there too much Aqualai in Star Wars? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I also think that one of the things that comes up, and this is something that I've joked about over the years, but they have uh, reconsidered in more recent years, is that there's this discussion of like, well, we're, we meet it in the first Star Wars film. We're told it's uh, not an important place. And then we spend a bunch of time there all the time. Every, every important person in the galaxy goes to this unimportant place. And I think that's worthy of, of reconsidering. I think that Tatooine mm-hmm. is not actually as unimportant uh, as Luke tells us it is from his perspective. And we can dive into that more, but I wanted to kind of throw that out there as a thesis statement of uh, maybe it's time for us to, to re-examine is Tatooine as unimportant as uh, as Luke thinks it is in A New Hope. I think that's a wonderful thesis statement, A plus on your book report, because uh, I think that's, that's very true. Can't wait to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing for me of like uh, the nostalgia thing um, – that can become such a battleground. I don't want to let myself just go like nostalgia is always good or always bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a really powerful part of nostalgia when it is about connection, right? It, it, it isn't um, nostalgia absolutely can be a cheap thing of like, well, we'll just plaster this on there and, and people will have emotion just because they recognize it. There's many criticism, many parodies of that. We've talked about it a lot, but I think right. the positive side of it Tatooine just really, to me, exemplifies uh, the positive side of it, that creators have a desire to explore these characters and these ideas, you know, uh, that emanate from Tatooine. Uh, Tuscans, Jawa, Jabba's Palace, the Cantina, uh, Baba and Dr. Evazin popping up in Rogue One, not even in t- on yes. Tatooine, but of Tatooine, right? That is, I think, the individual creators emotional relationship with the beginning of their star wars journey and so it's coming from a place of connection from the creator saying these things mean something to me and i want to either just put them in as a fun thing because it's a fun thing or i really want to investigate them and understand them more and i think particularly a new hope phantom menace as well do that uh, tip of the iceberg storytelling so well that they introduced all these different elements that there are just a lot of creators who just say, I want to see more of that iceberg. So I want to go to where it lives on Tatooine. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, this goes in that uh, larger nostalgia conversation, but I think sometimes the things that are just simply fun because, Hey, why not at star Wars get really just put in the same category as the exploration of ideas and characters and concepts. And, and I'm with you too. You don't want to say it's all good, all bad. It's somewhere in the middle. That's the truth. But I think sometimes I personally think just simply saying Tatooine does not mean no story to tell there. Uh, I just don't think that's fair to Tatooine. Again, we're trying to defend Tatooine, I guess as a buddy at a bar, like, Hey, 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 you leave him alone. Tatooine has a lot going for it. It's been through some rough times, <laughs> but down deep, Tatooine's Tatooine's a, a good yeah. planet person. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think those are some of our many thesis statements we'll probably yes. uh, revisit with uh, supporting evidence here as we talk through the history of Tatooine. Uh, like I said, this is not every appearance by any stretch of the imagination. For me, I kind of went to some of the the big ideas, what gets established about uh, Tatooine and moments where maybe the meaning or the idea of Tatooine shifts a little bit in the ongoing Star Wars narrative. But we're going to go back uh, to the very beginning 
to the film Star Wars, later called Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, Tatooine first appears as Luke's boring backwater home, right? If there's a bright center to the universe, you're on the planet that it's farthest from, says Luke angrily, uh, powderly even perhaps. What is the significance of meeting Tatooine from Luke's perspective like that? Uh, it, it, the starting point, right? This is this is probably the simplest answer. And and when you're putting this all together, uh, and, and George's life, and George's what would George want to do with the story? Uh, it, it's I, I think an easy. I always make the connection of Modesto, right, the small town. But I, I've seen some comments from George himself that is, that isn't necessarily true in a one to one kind of way. There's obviously connections to Ju- to Dune, uh, Planet Mongo, and Flash Gordon, and a lot of his influences. And, and those are probably even more correct than just saying, "Hey, it's space Modesto." But the point <laughs> of that is, and all that might be so, but it is the image of a starting point, just so far from the action, so far from the life we dream about. You just needed to see that we needed to begin the journey there. Now, again, where we being original trilogy generation. Uh, you know, that's even has more significance. But I think no matter where you jump into the story, you might have jumped in Force Awakens and you're like, who that old guy on the hill at the end of it? I need to learn more about that guy. So you are <laughs> going to go to episode four and that is going to be beginning of a of a journey for you with Luke. You, uh, this is where we meet him. It's our entry point into this galaxy. And I think that's the significance of what is the visual version of far from everything, because that's where often the stories begin for big myths and us in our own lives. Yeah, I think that's really it. Is it, it is the mythic and the just extremely relatable. It um, it's Luke's perspective, right? Uh, these are this is what he thinks about Tatooine. It is on the outer rim. It is often uh, either the uh, the Republic is not really involved or the Empire looks the other way. So yeah, absolutely. Some of it is factually. It's it's not the center of the galaxy. Uh, literally, but this is so Luke's perspective of I'm far away from everything interesting and that has that great mythic quality of the small village where there's maybe not a lot going on here but the young youthful person is aware of so much out there they're even maybe sometimes so aware of all of what's out there that they're not even paying attention to how dynamic maybe their home is which is i think the way that tatooine evolves we start from luke going like oh there's nothing here i can maybe you know hang out with a couple friends at tashi station and (laughs) you know zip around in in beggars canyon and uh there's there's probably a lot going on on tatooine that that he's being held away from as well as we see in the first film uh but his literal line to obi-wan right it's all such a long way from here Mm. and obi-wan saying that's your uncle talking you know it is this small village of myth where uh, the hero character, the protagonist, uh, sees the world in a really small way, dreams of going out there, but also has lessons to learn by returning there that maybe it's a little bit more connected than he thinks, right? Or, or they think. Uh, so there's that great, like, mythic structure thing going on. And then, yeah, I think it's so relatable if it's a, a space Modesto or, mm-hmm. you know, it can be any rural environment, small town environment. But I know I felt it in the middle of a relatively large city. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I lived yeah. lots of different places. I lived in in small towns and medium towns and in suburbs that felt far away. Uh, by the time I was connecting to Luke, uh, staring at the Twin Suns at its most powerful, mm. I was in the middle of North Minneapolis. <laughs> right. I was not far away from anything. There was a lot going on, but I felt it because it, it felt like this. Uh, it's not, it wasn't about place. It was about place as an analogy. Uh, for feeling right when you're youthful you know adventures is waiting for you but you can't take that first step yet 
Yeah, and I think it's great to to go to to your own journey here, which had less sand than Tatooine, <laughs> indeed, and in everything. And I, I just I talk about uh, often about uh, my high school days, mid nineties, in a, in a smaller town, but it was getting bigger by then. Just feeling that twin sons moment because nothing around me was. I felt not, none of it was there for me, and and that was my Tatooine. That was the start of my journey in a lot of ways, and it did. It, it that's the spirit of it there, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Of uh, of wanting to go out and explore. It's a small place to start from so you can go big and then go home. Uh, so also in this first film, we learn a lot about the, you know, exciting alien world of Tatooine. Uh, Jawas in their sand crawlers, uh, in their ion blasters, Tuscans in their banthas, uh, T-16 uh, skyhoppers in a youth racing culture, farmers who pull moisture from the very air. Uh, what impact did all of that world building have on Star Wars? It's uh, this, uh, huge and huge to, I think, the success of Star Wars and to... Everything that came after, including 2014, you see a teaser trailer and uh, John Boyega pops up in the sand and you're like, oh, Tatooine. It, it's all part of it. And, and I look at it this way. We spent a lot of time there in Tatooine in the first act of New Hope, right? And again, I I'm, I'm, I'm guess I'm saying this from an original trilogy point of view. It's hard not to. But also just go back to 77 when this thing explodes onto our world. Um, and, uh, if you're 12 or 20 or 50 sitting in a theater, you're seeing the story and you and I've discussed over the years of the beginning of new hope. It's somewhat slowly paced, right? It, mm -hmm. it is, it is two robots in the desert for, for quite a while, but this is after a very iconic explosive start to the movie. And I think that that time in the desert is needed to build out the world because the opening is so sci-fi it's spaceships, explosions, it's robots, it's faceless troopers, a vaudevillian baddie complete with like a music <laughs> cue. Right. And it's both shocking, brand new, but also very familiar. And you know, it's, it's that flash Gordon serial. You're also coming not too far removed from space odyssey movies. And even though those are more serious and dour you're in space. And I think it all looks somewhat familiar despite being completely new. And then we go from that, to this needed time on a dirty, dust and dusty, broken down, but vibrant Tatooine to establish the whole world. I think, the, and I think the time we spend there makes a lot of what comes after work for Star Wars. It's it's why the it's a whole world we all love crawling into it and, and falling in love with, and not just a blockbuster that came and went. Because uh, by the time we get to other planets, or even like Endor, Hoth, and the next films. You get it. You don't need, you don't, you, you, you know the world. It is this dusty world. It is, it is a small town. You live there. And so I think Star Wars, just as crazy it was in a galaxy far, far away, became so real. You talked about that too, but not just a storytelling device, but as a world building device, we spend probably the most time in, in that movie than any other movie that I can think of. You know, we didn't go tour Exegol. <laughs> just no. there, you know? No, I mean, the, the plot moves along, but but yeah, R2 and 3PO guide you through this alien world. They, in fact, mm -hmm. even don't know what it is, so Luke can explain it to them. And even once they join up with Luke, we continue uh, the tour and learn mm -hmm. about the Tuscans and that. It, it is like, um, it, it is absolutely storytelling. It's uh, moving forward, but it is also like, here is a tour of this exciting, mm -hmm. bizarre alien place. And mm -hmm. I think it, it's some of the original magic of the old and the new in Star Wars. Um, yeah. In terms of like the generational storytelling and the nostalgia, I talk a lot about that moment of uh, Kenobi saying, I haven't heard that name in a long time and the trill of music and Luke wanting to be a Jedi like his father. Some of that generational uh, uh, sort of sense of old and new is there, but also in all of this world building of Tatooine, because it is both uh, somewhat familiar archetypes uh, and environments, but 
totally just uh, recontextualized largely by the aesthetic, right? Like yes, yes. Uh, the Jawas are like, what, just, uh, you know, we used car dealers who steal stuff and <laughs> yeah, yeah. resell it. Right. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're junk traders. Right. Uh, we, we get what that is. Um, Tuscans, obviously we've had a lot of much more important conversations, but they are coded in, in very, uh, specific and recognizable ways, uh, to indigenous people, uh, for, you know, and, and there's mm-hmm. a lot to discuss there. Yeah. Uh, good and bad. Uh, we're not uh, here to discuss that, but I just want to say that the uh, they're familiar, and yet, especially as a kid coming to it, like you know, when I was young, I was like, ah, yes, they're coded as indigenous. I was just like, what are, are those? Those faces? What what are there under those masks? They're called kaffi sticks. They do what and they ride what? And it, so the aesthetic, the design, the sound is shockingly new and thrilling, right? Yeah, dangerous and and scary and 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 I always keep it's a little bit about what's going on there too. Of just like we want to start this this journey, we all want to take a journey, but what is out there for you? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, sometimes when we talk about lived in, right, we mean like mm-hmm. that the Falcon's beaten up, right? Uh, so it looks literally used, right? Uh, but I think even before we get to most Eisley, just the sheer volume of um interconnected real ideas that are presented right uh lucas always talks about being interested in in anthropology and how societies and cultures interact and if you think through all of the various beats between the the jawas and the tuscans and the the lars homestead we see an economy right we see a sale going on uh we see cultural divides between the homestead uh, people and the tuscan peoples uh from luke we hear about that there is a youth culture yeah. That is frustrated with uh, with the the olders, you know, with the just the existence of moisture evaporators and, and this idea of farming and needing Luke to stay. We see these ideas of resource scarcity. So we have this whole culture and world built up. And uh, to me, not only is that just huge for Star Wars because it makes the world feel the galaxy feel so lived in, uh, but it's also like. This, to me, is why we are returning to Tatooine, like particularly in Book of Boba Fett of, yeah, that's Bo- that's where Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc. But also, like, look at all the ideas that were established in A New Hope. Those are all threads that are being pulled on explicitly in Book of Boba Fett. This is so like I saw Star Wars when I was a kid and I saw a hint of an economy, of cultural divides, of youth culture, of resource scarcity. I'm so intrigued. I'm going to pull all those threads. Yeah, the the orbit of Tatooine is, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's fun to go around Tatooine or orbit around. But the, I, was, I meant to say the gravity is pulling you in. Uh, just throwing space terms out there because we're in space. <laughs> the, the gravity of Tatooine, it pulls you in, man. It, 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 it's where a lot of it began for all of us. But again, it's where we fell in love. I really contend. There's other things, X-Wings and S-Foils locking into attack positions. But Tatooine is the world that uh, even by the time we return, return to return the Jedi, it is home for us in a lot of ways. I think that's the pool for a lot of creators and everything that that's there to explore. Uh, like you're saying, those threads to pull, they're just uh, ample. Not that they're not in other places. Again, uh, I want to see Lobot hanging out at cloud city, but uh, I think yeah. it's powerful emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's the, the, the power that everywhere is, is as rich as this, uh, you know, if, and when we spend more time places, um, yeah, I think that's so huge too, that just, um, the, the generation that grew up with the original trilogy, uh, as well as the people who came to it at all sorts of different times in, in life, it is just like Bantha is one of the most known star Wars words, right. In the real world. Yeah. Uh, 
but not necessarily in the galaxy of Star Wars, which always is this interest. I was trying to think of a, an example like uh, from Minneapolis, where like something that's known in Minneapolis and maybe other people have heard of it, but it's mm. not a big deal. But like, what if aliens came <laughs> and their first understanding of Earth was the the Juicy Lucy cheeseburger where the cheese is in the burger? <laughs> which is a known thing in Minneapolis. Uh, I'm sure it's other places too, but it's like a, it's a point of pride. And if like aliens visited earth and like, yeah, earth is cool. Juicy Lucy's. And like everybody else on earth is like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's not like one of the main earth things, but yeah. that's the way we process star Wars. Cause we visited Tatooine first. I would just, we're talking about the Minneapolis. I always ask, I always ask you about the skyways cause I'm a replacements fan in that song <laughs> skyway. I'm like, tell me about living in skyways. Joseph. <laughs> it was a lot of dry air, a lot of dry air. Yeah. <laughs> love it uh so anyway moving on from uh those initial uh, uh all those ideas and characters introduced in societies uh we also see that there's an urban environment on tatooine in that first film we go to most Eisley, uh what obi-wan kenobi describes as a wretched hive of scum and villainy what do you think that uh that rough and tumble city of most Eisley adds to the lore of tatooine it, it adds the lore and uh, in, in, in kind of what I was touching upon earlier is building this danger for our hero just so well. I think of you and I always saying about, hey, you want to have uh, you want to have an adventure. You want to have something more. But then you go to a bar and order a drink and someone tries to kill you. <laughs> just, that just scares me. And I was, uh, maybe I shouldn't have left the farm. Maybe Uncle Owen was right. I just think um, as Luke slowly starts to go in into us. Now, again, we saw the Star Destroyer. We. We know there's uh, trouble going uh, on out there. There's some stolen data plans and a, and a big villain in a cape, and and we know that. But but to just slowly get out there, it just makes sense when Luke's like, "Nah, I can't go with you. I got I got chores to do and everything." I just think that rough and tumble environment is that uh, false first step. It is the oh no, maybe I'm not ready for this at all. Yeah, no, I mean Obi Wan says you've taken your first step into a larger world about uh, tapping into the Force, but he could have also said it of like yeah, you got pushed down by an Aqualish. You've taken your first step into a large world. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely. It's a it's very mythic, very uh, you know of fantasy. Um, obviously, uh, I can't believe I'm making the Lord of the Rings reference before you, but right that, <laughs> that the Hobbits kind of stopping at the tavern is mm-hmm. very similar, right? Of like we are used to our little world in. Yeah in the kind of the first step out of it is going to this sort of a loud rugged rough and ready worldly place you know absolutely it's the space in at the prancing pony right the space in at the prancing pony so yeah i think it's the real mythic thing from luke's journey but then for tatooine like this is why it's really fun for me to kind of reconsider like luke's perspective of like mm-hmm. okay uh yeah tatooine is it's in the outer rim it is remote uh but he's saying you know nothing happens here you live on a farm like it seems like there's kind of a lot happening most likely yeah 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 and, 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 you know yeah yeah owen and brew kept him even from from that world you know more owen sorry brew <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 give her her due there yeah no i agree with that that's uh that is uh that's an issue I, this is what one of the things we were discussing here it's so interesting to go back and it looks not wrong but then George himself is like, nah, it's pretty significant. <laughs> Sorry, Luke, you didn't get you didn't get the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. I also think that we get that um if the galaxy is really huge, right? If if the Jawas and the Tuscans are this interesting, you walk into that cantina and you see, you know, honestly, <laughs> a huge huge galaxy right of like if yeah. all of these aliens come from a planet with uh the same richness of detail that we just saw in tatooine 
that just blows your mind of how big this this canvas is. Yeah, no, it's 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 well constructed, right? And and, and yeah, by the time you get there, it is uh, the spaceport. So uh, while it's uh, a den of iniquity when everyone's going to hide, but it's really every every face telling a story there, and it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is there's a whole world out there. Luke doesn't understand, and I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then, uh, moving on in its uh, appearances in the original trilogy, after saying he's never gonna come back, Luke Skywalker returns to Tatooine to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Uh, the palace is established. Uh, the Sarlacc. Uh, do you think seeing Jabba rule a criminal empire elevates Tatooine's importance in the galaxy? It really does. And this is a really fun part to, uh, of this discussion here. It really does build up its importance and, and, uh, and why it establishes why it's still an important place to me. Uh, and, and once you move past the small backwater story piece and establish the world and, and move our hero out into the galaxy, you now establish them as uh, you establish this as, as home to an important and feared character in the galaxy, right? Jabba, mm-hmm. Jabba the Hutt, the criminal underworld, his empire. It's just kind of telling me that Tatooine shouldn't be ignored uh, as long as the criminal world is thriving. If the underworld is, is interested in Tatooine, we like Carson Teva, I will add, should be as well. You know, it's just, <laughs> and, when, and when you go back there, there's a lot of, we're going to talk about going home and, and all, what that means emotionally, but uh, you hear Jabba, you don't, you know, you, we, we do see him now in the special editions, but you know, you hear him, it's a rumor and you go back and it's this big thing. And it's the criminal underworld is huge in Star Wars. So yes, Tatooine just on that level alone is more important. Yeah. I almost get the, 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 idea that like maybe Biggs got it right like Biggs a little older a little smarter like not smarter uh more worldly right uh maybe Biggs understood like yeah no Tatooine's it's it's remote and like but there are some important things that happen here because it is controlled by the very powerful crime syndicate yeah of the huts uh and Luke would be like oh wow I didn't I didn't know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah I think I think that is the reason that we've returned a lot of the times because it has, we're seeing this in book of Boba Fett. There's debate, right? Where the, the hut uh, twins are kind of like, well, we're trying to claim, claim it, but now we're just saying it's an unimportant rock. It it almost seems to be like a point of debate of like, how much value does this seat of power have? How much actual wealth can be generated from the land itself or just from its history as, um, is a, a place along the route of crime of, of literal spice moving through it, you know? Yeah. And a lot of that, I think gets cemented by this choice to have uh Jabba's palace and his whole empire be sat on this planet. Yeah. And as far as the twins, unreliable narrators, right? You can't be trusted. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a rock. Well, it's like an internet troll. That movie sucks. Why are you talking about it? Still that you're still here. You're still on this rock. It, that, that line really does reek of, I didn't want it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I, I can't have it. It's dumb then. Uh, yeah, I think it, it might have been a really different story if uh, if Jabba had ended up being on a different planet, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Even if he had a, a, a couple palaces or he's like, ah, you know, I, I'm not keeping Han in this palace. I'm taking him all the way to Nal Hutta. You know? oh, yeah, he's going to yeah. be hanging above the council. Uh, it might have been a different story. I also just think it's such a, I think the reason that, that, Jabba is on Tatooine. It, it's obviously it's implied he is. He's he is physically there in the special edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can obviously have those discussions of like, yeah, no, it's 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 set up. That's where he is. Uh, but I also just think it's such a huge part of the hero's journey that the hero returns home changed. Mm-hmm. And I think when you watch Return of the Jedi, the fact 
that it's it's not just called Return because uh, Lucas decided against revenge. I think it is also really uh, latching onto this idea of Luke went on this journey and he now sees the galaxy in an entirely different way and he's deeply changed. And when you look at that, um, just the parts of the movie where Luke is on Tatooine, I'm really affected by how much of that story of the hero has come back and he has changed. If you contrast Luke's reaction to the cantina where he can't even order a drink with almost being murdered to utterly, utterly unfazed by all of Jabba's power and can stand up to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's the, just that huge, that power change, that understanding of the world change. Uh, there's also just that he's got that Zen vibe, right? That he's really like, nope, deep breath. Everything's going to be fine. Take care of it. Such a huge contrast to hear him talking about, yeah, I grew up here, you know, uh, mm-hmm. compared to whining about the power converters, you know, like there's just such yeah. a, a huge change there. And, and one of the other things that I, I'm affected by, that I've always enjoyed, but I'd like to think about now more in these mythic terms. Like he and Han are still buddies. They got that great banter about, you know, together again, you know, how we're going. Yeah, same as always. That bad, huh? Like there's fun banter. But that moment on the skiff when Luke is really in this sort of like Zen master staring out at the sands and Han's got this whole vibe like, the hell are you talking about? Where'd that kid who didn't know anything go? You, you're entirely different, you know? Yeah, no, it just, it just works for me on on those levels. Uh, the going home and 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 it could uh, have George taken it to uh, uh, another spot. Yeah, I guess it just it just would not have had the impact. It was the importance of going back and talk about too connecting. I think to father sins of the father, all that kind of stuff later on when the prequels roll around. But I, it, it works. Luke, a Jedi, like that's where we begin, and and we don't even need the reconstructing the lightsaber in a cave anymore. That can be the scene. That doesn't reason. There's a good reason it was cut. It's just. This is the guy coming through the cape. Yes, it's all black and he's choking Gamorreans. Or is he pushing him uh, with the wind? We don't know. But, he, you know, <laughs> we don't know who Luke is. And and, and uh, power station, Tashi station, power converter Luke to that. I think you're right to say that uh, it works so well and it needed to be tattooing there. Yep. Yep. And it's him. It's him, you know, wrestling uh, with his own past in a little bit uh, of a way, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so I also the other thing I want to say about this is, you know, in, in our examination of uh, Wayne, the good and the bad of nostalgia, good, bad or otherwise, Jabba's palace, the Sarlacc, all of the creatures and characters, all of the huge amount of aesthetics, just aesthetics that were introduced in uh, Return of the Jedi. There's so many creators are going to want to play with those characters and those places and those ideas because they just fell in love with them as kids. Like regardless of how old when you're, you uh, were when you saw them, you know, that, that there's just this much more um, sort of gravity given mm-hmm. to Tatooine because so much cool stuff comes from Tatooine. Yeah, no, I mean, you want to talk just about that? The going to the playground, that's, you know, the, the Sarlacc scene is the one most reenacted scene from the movies in my childhood. You know, that was the mm-hmm. one. Uh, let's go play. And there, therefore, Tatooine is just associated with Star Wars. For, for better or worse, might be the big question. Some people are going to say worse. I guess. No, I don't know. It's just so huge. Uh, and 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 we talked about the stories and every face has a story. I, I, I think that's why Tales from Jabba's Palace was one of the more popular EU anthology books and why people reference that all the time. And, uh, and go back to it. It's just it's fun to go back there. And that meant a lot. And as, as a kid, I loved when we went back there. Yeah, and I think sometimes with the question of like, well, why do we keep going back to Tatooine? We have all these answers, you know, uh, and one of the most important ones is just 
because there's a lot of cool stuff there, like there are a lot of toys there in the sand and people want to play with them. And sometimes it is just that joyful, not why, but why not? There are fun things there. Let's go play with them. Yeah. And I think, again, there's some added importance to a lot of stuff as you expand the story. But uh, again, you, you and I love Rogue One and Solo for showing us how the oppression of the Empire is actually destroying so much on a ground level. So that that also means Tatooine, as we said, has growing importance. It's important to the underworld. And a base for Jabba, who is so feared and known across the galaxy. Working with Jabba, working against Jabba, working for Jabba, it's a thing. And if the New Republic wants to make a difference, Tatooine matters. And other planets too, yes. But I think that's why it add, you talk about bringing in Jabba and making it feel so Star Wars. There's, there's, there's added importance to why he's there uh, if you just want to continue to tell stories too. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back to look at how uh, Tatooine has expanded. Not literally. It's not going to blow up or anything. I don't think so. Anyway, we'll be back in just a moment. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we are back to continue our discussion of why so much Tatooine. How does Tatooine fit into the galaxy, fit into the story? Why do we revisit it so often? And in particular... How is it evolving as we go through uh, this Star Wars saga? So we're going to leave the original trilogy behind. Uh, we return to Tatooine in the prequel and sequel era. So uh, this is one of the points, Ken, where we mm-hmm. could spend literally hours discussing yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatooine appearance in uh, books and comics and video games, right? So much featured there. Uh, but its presence in The Phantom Menace uh, really reinforced its relevance to the saga. Why do you think uh, Lucas uh, made the choice to have Anakin grow up on Tatooine as well as Luke? I love this one, man, because beyond the poetry jo- jokes, and you can make them, but it all still holds true. <laughs> you know, with, with, we like it. Um, part of George's purpose there. I see it as the son and father relationship, and yes, you know, it can and, and should extend to sons, daughters, fathers, mothers, beyond everything. We've talked about that a lot, uh, but this is about Luke, this is about Anakin and the story George was telling with that, and that's key to the, this myth that he, he's telling. Uh, I think we are often trying to, to love and grow beyond our parents. That's just kind of the way of it. And the sins of the father can hang heavily over our story or this story. So for me, going back just kind of cements Luke's journey for me. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we pick him up. I just want to be like my great warrior dad until he learns that's not the right path and must overcome everything in his very DNA and upbringing to not become that. So to see that this is where your father started too, and the choices that he made uh, and the choices that you might need to make, it's the tragedy of Anakin, but as it connects to Luke, it was very valuable to go back. Um, you know, is it small? Is it weird? Hey, you're taking Luke back to hide him with the same last name as his father. Yeah, those are fun Star Wars uh, robot chicken jokes to make. I get it. But like, I think for the story George was telling, it is it is meant to go back to the beginning and to this planet and to see, hey, here's here's the similarities between father and son. And can the son overcome uh, what this is? It's it's part of that big six picture story that we got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do think it is a poetry thing. I understand why people uh, make the jokes and uh, I indulge in a joke on on the poetry quote uh, from time to time. Uh, but I really do think it is powerful that the presentation of the prequel and the original trilogy have all of this relationship of what is similar about Luke and Anakin and what is different about them and how did Anakin uh, go through such trauma and make such bad choices and how did Luke make a different choice and how did that impact Anakin? Like you absolutely could have told that story if uh, Anakin grew up on a poor water planet. Um, But I think that there is a power to uh, them having extremely similar experiences. Uh, I also think like that, Lucas is a storyteller. He does seem to have this instinct of um, sometimes he's just really got this like hunger for like, it's got to be new. There's got to be something new, uh, change things. And other things, I think he thinks like, I like that idea. So we're not changing it because Mm. this is a solid idea for me. And I think for him, 
that there's this generational cycle where uh, these two heroes emerge, uh, Anakin and Luke, and they have different choices and different fates. Uh, I think for him, that power of, okay, well, maybe Tatooine is, uh, it certainly is in the Outer Rim. It is certainly not uh, controlled uh, by the governments in, in either at the beginning of either of these stories. Right. Uh, and it is a, maybe a large criminal empire, but a lot of the just people, the day-to-day people are struggling. They're impoverished. They're downtrodden. They are, uh, they could easily be looked at as nobodies. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that idea that, that Tatooine sort of, um, gives to both Luke and Anakin, uh, seems important that this idea of like, n- normally people would walk down the streets and go, uh, moisture farmer. Oh, the, you know, a slave. Yeah. They're not, they're not important. Yeah. 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 The, the good starting point, the, 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 the reason for the fight or the reason to make choices against that, fight, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I think for me, I don't think it quite emerges uh, immediately in Phantom Menace it, that the story begins there. Uh, I get the jokes about, you know, hiding Luke, uh, you know, Luke's name not being changed and yeah. hiding him at a place that uh, Vader is very well, exi- very well knows exists. Um, I, I get uh, wrestling with that. I get poking fun at it. But for me, I think that is a huge part of the story of mm-hmm. Tatooine is a place of trauma. They hit his son in his scar, you know? Right. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we've talked often about that. Uh, you know, uh, I don't like sand, <laughs> uh, uh, joke and, and, and meme actually has, uh, relevance to, to Anakin's journey there. Yeah, no, uh, I, I absolutely think, uh, you go back to George, you hear the stories around the Clone Wars uh, animated series. How many how many times have you heard a creator or Filoni or Henry Gilroy say, well, George specifically said no known planets or no characters, new, new, new. And then other times, like you said, oh, but let's go back here. Oh, you know, I changed my mind. Let's bring Boba Fett back in as a kid. You know, it, George is all about uh, uh, pushing and finding new things as well. Clearly with the prequels told different, different styles of story. But I so when he goes back to me, it just says added importance. Yeah, exactly. And I think we can even see that uh, that balance of interest in both the new and the old in The Phantom Menace because he chooses uh, to go back to Tatooine. Uh, and there's a couple of uh, fun things, including Jabba himself. Uh, but we get a lot of new or evolved ideas uh, mm-hmm. as well. We learn, you know, very clearly that the planet is controlled by the huts and out of the jurisdiction uh, of the Republic. And the Trade Federation has no big hold there. Uh, we don't go to Mos Eisla. Nicely, we go to most Espa. Well, you meet Watto, pod racing, uh, the, you know, horrific conditions that uh, Anakin and Shmi are, are living under as slaves. All these new ideas are introduced as well. How did um, any of those ideas change how you see Tatooine? You grew up with the original trilogy. You go to Phantom Menace and it's like, oh, we're going back to Tatooine. But also, here's all this new stuff. I think what it made me do, and, you know, obviously I'm a little older now. I'm not daydreaming like a seven-year-old in, in class looking out the window uh, uh, dreaming about Star Wars. But um, I, going back to our early discussion, it made me question what Luke was seeing all that time <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Uh, you know, I never thought of uh, of uh, it in a negative way, but it's just this, it is a much more vibrant world. And, yes, we're in Mos Espa. Um, you know, I grew up three hours from Los Angeles. So, you know, that, that was, I lived in Mos Eisley. Mos Espa was where my uncle was when I would visit, <laughs> you know, we go to Dodger stadium and see cool things and it, it spoke to a bigger world, but it also just uh, it made me think about, um, I, I, I used to love even going back even then in 99, 2000, going to rewatch new hope and just thinking all that's out there. 
mm-hmm. whether or not their pod races are still active and all that kind of stuff. But all that's out there. Uh, and Luke's not connecting with that. And, and uh, I thought about that often. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, there's spent so many years in reading about watching Tatooine, playing video games that happened there. And I think I was, uh, I feel like I stepped into a larger version of Tatooine when I saw Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I, I remember really being intrigued by that idea of like, okay, so yeah, no, I mean, it, it was pretty clear that Jabba, you know, had a lot of power, but it, it's not like he's just um, has power here. And he put a really great bounty on Han's head. The idea that like everybody in the galaxy knows Tatooine. Ooh, that's a hut planet. Yeah. Like the amount of power and influence that that meant that they control the entire planet and all of them, not just that's job of the huts (laughs) hangout. That's, that's a a planet controlled by the huts. Plural was uh, that, that made me see it in a new light. Yeah. Uh, Adding to the story, like you said, there's that, that, that nostalgia thing we sometimes understand but fight against is like how are you using it and, and, and it is an old familiar place but new wrinkles new chapters and new uh stories to be told added I, I that's i love when that happens yeah absolutely and i love what you're saying about like yeah i don't know if luke uh obviously he went to beggars canyon uh mm-hmm. but that there was um you know more culture that maybe he didn't get to be a part of since uh most espa is such um a larger city mm-hmm. uh I, I went on about all of the interconnection between the the economy of the Jawas and the cultural divides and all that that gets set up in A New Hope. Phantom Menace sets up even more culture, right? Um, the idea that everything's built up around the pod races, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and gambling, that everything revolves around those uh, ideas and that it's such a pressure point for uh, Qui-Gon to say, well, if you think our bet isn't fair, I can take it up with the huts. Like, it really paints this different cultural uh, picture uh, of that city. And then also just meeting more just kind of day-to-day people like uh, Jira and Kitster, right? Like you could leave A New Hope going like, oh, well, maybe there's some nice people here or maybe the entire uh, town of Mos Eisley is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Like I don't think Obi-Wan's talking about Jira and Kitster, right? (laughs) But again, we know Obi's got some, he's got some blind spots. He's got some issues, droids and Mos Eisley. I think he was really, really trying uh, to tee Luke up for like, you, 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 we, we must be cautious. I'm really trying to make this clear to you. <laughs> if, you know, if Bandit just ordered a drink for him, that would have taken care of a lot of it. It would have taken care of all of it. And I know Jiren Kitstar in most Espa, not most Eisley, but what I'm saying is I, in The Phantom Menace, the fact that we really did get to spend some time with some, you know, uh, just people who are just trying to get by in the galaxy uh, living on Tatooine also expanded the, the palette of Tatooine to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we return to Tatooine in Attack of the Clones. Uh, we meet young Owen and his girlfriend, Beru. Uh, we meet old Klee Glars. Uh, and there's a particularly violent and dark uh, episode with the Tuscans. What do you think is added to the lore and importance of Tatooine in, in, in this chapter? Well, you talk about uh, you, uh, Tatooine as a scar for Vader. And we look at Luke returning home and return of the Jedi and the difference there. Well, look at Anakin and what he, he, he finally comes home, something he dreamed about, right? Especially if you read the Phantom Menace novel, he dreamed about coming back with an army to liberate uh, the slaves, free his mom, all that kind of stuff that, that, that was there. Uh, and now he returns and he's in a different position. It's a darker thing. He loses his mother to place of loss. Uh, you talk about, I hate sand. This represents all that pain, that suffering. Like you said, a big scar on the face and heart and soul of Anakin. Yeah, no, I think in, in making it such a, a site of trauma for the Tuscans and uh, and for Anakin, um, it, uh, I, I often 
struggle with uh, this part of Attack the Clones. I love Attack the Clones, but um, only hearing Klieg's uh, perspective of that cultural divide is uh, sometimes difficult. And, you know, I, I'm really enjoying all of the modern storytelling with the Tuscans to uh, add uh, more layers and dimensions to all that. Uh, but yeah, there is just this, this sense of just utter, utter trauma. And I think in a way it makes a lot of sense of Luke's perspective in A New Hope of, uh, you could understand how uh, Owen and Beru having gone through this mm-hmm. uh, trauma and having seen this, you know, it, this flashy young Jedi just flash through, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pop in for a few minutes, uh, revel in chaos and pain and confusion and frustration and anger, and then just bounce out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they're entrusted with his his son and you know the the grandchild of of shmi of course they're gonna pull him closer and go did yeah. everything out everything out of these lines is scary so just don't yeah look i always said we're looking uh Baru deserves justice too owen owen's made some mistakes as we you and i've talked about before but also i get it man <laughs> I get it. No, you're st- you're not going to Mas Espa. No school field trip to my- I didn't sign the parental guardian form on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had to twist my arm to get that T16 Skyhopper. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it adds a lot to uh, to Luke's perspective and to the the lore and importance of of the homestead, the cultural divide uh, between mm-hmm. the communities on Tatooine. Lots of lots of great stuff is is heightened in Attack the Clones. So then we go to uh, the Clone Wars animated series, and Tatooine makes several appearances, but I want to look at in particular the Clone Wars movie that kicked it all off in 2008 in which uh, the Jedi and uh, the Sith, the Separatists have a very complicated fight to forge an alliance with the Hutt criminal empire to gain access to hyperspace routes Uh, at this point when you got, you know, Dooku, Anakin Obi-Wan all standing in front of Jabba trying to kiss the Hutt ring to get what they want or manipulate the hot ring. Mm-hmm. At this point, do you feel like Tatooine has, has left being an unimportant planet in the rearview mirror? Very much so. Going back to what we were saying earlier, it should be important. And it wasn't important. Nothing Luke's saying is a lie, right? It's his point of view, his expe- his perspective, his experience being mostly on lockdown there. And even up in that T-16, he's not looking down and going, wow, the criminal underworld is thriving here. He's <laughs> feeling that effects. He knows it, though. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars movie is just it starts off out where things are so bad the Jedi now have to sacrifice a little bit more of their honor to work with this HUD guy, man. <laughs> and it's not good. It's not a good thing. The criminal underworld is, pop- is powerful. We talk about, you know, there's a lot of those classes in Star Wars, like if you're going to play a video game, right? Are you Jedi? Are you Sith? Are you bounty hunter? Are you rebel? Or what are you? Um, are you a heavy gunner? Or are you, uh, you know, a sniper? What, do you, what are you? <laughs> but, you know, criminal underworld is a category as well. I think sometimes the bounty hunters get slid into that. Mm-hmm. Um, accurate to a point, but it's it's big in Star Wars. In fact, Boba Fett now in the video game he's playing is like I'd like to play as a criminal uh, underworld <laughs> mob boss. That's the character I'd like to play. But so I think that Clone Wars movie uh, um, is is important in that sense, where that it's just saying uh, you thought Tatooine was uh, you know a rock out there in the middle of nowhere. No, the Jedi need to go there. It's key to everything that's going on with them. Yeah, I, I think it. Back, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a great picture of what Tatooine is because, yeah, it's remote and, yeah, governments uh, can overlook it. Uh, you know, the Republic had no influence out there. We get that great conversation between Ashmi and Padme about, like, well, I thought the Republic banned slavery. Like, well, they, the Republic's not uh, not out here. 
Um, you get the sense that the empire, you know, comes in and does what it wants, but Tatooine is not on its, you know, priority list. So yeah, through the generations, it's remote, but this, uh, the, the underworld makes it important. And there's this great sort of, um, dark side version of everyone matters, right? Uh, a sort of dark side version of nowhere is nowhere. Suddenly in the clone wars, when they want to fight the war, both sides strategically want to fight the war in the Outer Rim because they think whoever controls the Outer Rim can kind of push in and control everything else. Now it's very important. <laughs> right. And, uh, and these powers that control it are, are, you know, center stage in the galactic drama. I, I think it says that, yep, Tatooine is absolutely important uh, sometimes. It's always going to be a, a place of, of influence because there's a seat of power there with mm-hmm. the underworld and with the, the huts. Uh, but also there's this great uh, story that uh, it's almost like Tatooine itself ha- connects to the, uh, the you know, uh, Anakin, Luke, Ray, you know, who's important, who's just a scavenger, who's just a farmer, who's actually, you know, that that uh, kind of don't judge a book by its cover vibe that Star Wars can have is, I feel like that's going on a little bit with Tatooine. It's like, oh yeah, you didn't care at all until you want to fight your war here and you need my hyperspace yeah. planes. Got well, it. Well, look. Yeah, come on into my throat room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it also just it makes it a place where it's like, yeah, no, events of galactic importance have happened there. And like, and Luke doesn't have that entire, you know. Yeah, I don't think Luke is like, yeah, no. I read in my, I'm sure, really great schooling on Tatooine. Yeah, that it was actually pivotal to the Clone Wars at one point. Like, I don't think Luke has that knowledge, but we as the viewers do now. We, yeah, we do now. Look, I like every time a Clone Wars uh, goes to Tatooine, which is is often they're in Chalmans a lot, right? There's a couple mm-hmm. spots. It's just such a it's a, it's a fun device, and I was going to say easy, but I'll, I'll say with this: it's an easy, quick device to be like, we are dealing with the underworld, and this is important to them. This bar is where a lot of deals go down. This is bar is where a lot of people get hired. This bar is, is and and this planet this is, is center to this uh, this industry, which unfortunately at times is a growth industry, this criminal underworld. And I, I think it's just it's when you go there, you know. And then again, when you go there and it's kind of empty and there's a wannabe there, that has that has importance too. Yeah. Ab- yeah. Oh, absolutely. With the gunslinger, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The poor old Toro Calica. <laughs> I also think in that Clone Wars uh, animated series, um, there's so many individual beats of, of, of uh, you know, Chalmans in particular that we could revisit. But in the movie, uh, I really, I do like the scene where Anakin is really haunted on Tatooine and his poor Ahsoka has no idea why, right? And right. Anakin shares that uh, Yoda has told him old old sins cast long shadows. It's a really great uh, uh, beat um, to really drive home uh, the thing that you, you and I have been talking about of Tatooine is kind of important to the Skywalker saga because uh, depending on how you look at it, it's a, it's a place of uh, birth and hope and family mm-hmm. or a place of trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just underlining that Anakin doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to look back at his past and deal with it. He just wants to leave as soon as possible is, uh, to me, a powerful uh, mm-hmm. moment in the whole story of Tatooine and how it relates to the Skywalkers in particular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so along those lines, we go to Tatooine uh, returning in the sequel trilogy. Ray returns to Tatooine at the end of Rise of Skywalker to bury the sabers of the Skywalker twins. Uh, and this is a Tatooine return that is, um, along with the rest of Rise of Skywalker, debated a lot, <laughs> controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, Ken, what what are the layers of of meaning here uh, for this return for Tatooine? Is this uh, 
nostalgia? Is the value in story? Is it both? Where do you go with this? It it is nostalgia. It is value. There's there's all all a, a lot of places I want to go with this. But this is one of the few times, Joseph, where I just throw my hands up in the air and say, "What <laughs> else do you want them to do? Go to Cloud City, Polis Massa? It's uh, the, yeah, and the, Tatooine. the the uh, asteroid field that was Alderaan." Yeah, what do you what if you're if you're if you're sitting down at your MacBook on a final draft, uh, you know, version twelve? <laughs> what's the last scene in the Skywalker saga? Why would you not at least consider going to where it all began? There's, um, and 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 I'll just there was some weird weird discourse of oh, so Ray moved there? No, Ray didn't. What? What are you talking about? So I I just loved it. I love it. It is a little bit of nostalgia pop, but it has uh, it has great power and purpose to me of just this. We, Place of healing, where it all began, circle complete. Uh, I, I can, I can, uh, the poetry, it rhymes, <laughs> anything you want to toss in there. That was to me the right spot, the right place to end that. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I, I think that uh, I really love it from lots of uh, points of view. And one of them is, yeah, nostalgia isn't always a bad thing. And, and uh, I think meaningless <laughs> uh, nostalgia, nostalgia with nothing else to it can be bad nostalgia. It's, but nostalgia is definitely a part of it. That, that recognition from the audience that this place, but it's not empty to me. It's not just, we, we know that it's, <laughs> we, we know layers of meaning that, that you and I have been discussing on this podcast. Uh, Luke has been there. Anakin has been there. Uh, this is the, the place where uh, Luke first became aware of Leia. This is where Leia was running to when she connected with all the people who had become the rest of her life. Like, and we have all of those meanings. Uh, we are carrying around those meanings inside us. So we transfer them uh, to the film. And there is just like, yeah, chronologically starting in 1977, this is, you know, where it all began for the audience that does have meaning and power to me and not in an empty way. No, no. And there's something too of, uh, you know, Ray does not return home per se of go to Jakku and everything. Uh, but the idea of, uh, you know, just Ray herself, look at, look at who she is and look who she becomes in this moment and everything. And, and it just kind of, uh, it, it's, it's the end of that Skywalker saga, but beginning of a brand new one with her and she doesn't stay there. She builds from this, builds her own saber, the red and, uh, red and, uh, um, Excuse me, huh, not red. Uh, 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 blue and green make yellow, right? And it just love that little <laughs> shot. Ooh, red almost snuck in there. Uh, dark side red. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just, I've always, I just loved it. And that final shot, the twin suds, BB-8, her, like, I don't know, man. Put it on a poster because it just works for me. Yeah, I, and I think it works for me on a lot of levels. Like, uh, hey, I, I'd be happy if the film was uh, five minutes longer and we saw her going to lots of different places of significances and, yeah. you know, going on kind of a, a journey. Uh, but uh, for me, it, it makes so much sense that she goes there because that has been a place of trauma. Um, that's also been a place of joy and youth uh, from Luke. I know we meet Luke as a, a frustrated a teenager who is ready to to sh shake the sand off his boots and get out there. Uh, but, you know, the fact that Ray walks through that dining room, it, mm -hmm. it just, it so evokes for me that Luke had what Ray was denied there, a loving childhood, you know, with mm -hmm. family meals at the dinner table that, you know, so it, it's, it, there's a real connection for Ray there reflecting on her own journey, uh, looking at this home that, that Luke came from and, uh, and then in terms of kind of addressing the trauma, right, that um, there's a sense of of healing, mm -hmm. of of putting things right. Um, 
you've got this, uh, you know that Anakin experienced a, a trauma there. You know that Luke experienced a trauma there when Owen and Beru uh, were killed. And it's burned out. And there's that great evocative mythic line from the unidentified old woman that there's been no one for so long. Right. It's this sense that that something there needs to be put right, that, right, that the past hasn't been reckoned with. And the sequel trilogy is so much about reckoning with the past, right. uh, learning from it, and moving forward. And exactly what you're saying of, uh, you know, very respectfully burying uh, the old blades and uh, Ray having everything she learned from the Skywalkers, uh, but having her new blade to step into the future. Just all those ideas are heightened by that location. It's a sense, it's a, it's a sense of healing, of putting to rest. I love that people have pointed out that, uh, you know, Shmi is buried there. And that uh, Shmi, in some ways, is the, <laughs> where this all begins, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think to the big, the big um, one of the big things the sequel trilogy puts out there, you touch upon it. We talk about it all the time here, of, uh, you know, the legacy of the past, how that hangs over the new characters, how it hangs over the old characters. What's the relationship? Uh, Kylo wanting to kill it all. That's just time and time and time again. And you're right. There is a sense of, 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 of healing to me. There is a sense of uh, joy with Ray in some of those moments sliding down the hill. Uh, and just as a fan to go, I mean, nostalgia. Yeah. Waves of nostalgia. But my own journey of uh, reading the picture book and seeing <laughs> that table and, and the, the markings on the wall. And I used to talk about, how, you know, I finished the New Hope novel. Uh, uh, Alan Dean Foster's uh, novel. And then like I go back, flip back to the beginning pages to the moments where Luke's just having blue milk at that table and think, wow, what a journey. It just works for me on that level works for, for healing on the Skywalker level as well. And to, like you said, the overall goal of the sequel trilogy, how do you deal with the past? And this is in this moment, uh, the conclusion of that, I think. Yeah. You, you face it and you heal the trauma and you look forward. Yeah. And it, it, like, I, I always get it. If, if people just don't like things, uh, you know, for their own, you know, uh, tastes and reasons and all that. But I also just think it's it's constructed well. I think one of the things that heightens the meaning of that scene is that it's a mirror to the first scene of Rise of Skywalker. Like, once you know that that's Mustafar that Kylo is raging through, uh, we have it bookends at the beginning and end of the film of uh, two seats of, of Skywalkers, right? Um, Vader's uh, castle in disrepair and the Lars homestead in disrepair. And in fury and anger, uh, Kylo goes to one at the beginning and takes something from the past (laughs) to try to kill it. And at the end, uh, Ray goes there and respectfully buries something from the past to try to move forward. Mm -hmm. They're like direct mirrors of one another. And I I just think it's it's really cool and evocative and, and makes both scenes more powerful. Uh, just if, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> it really does. There's a dark stanza and a light stanza, and everybody gets to have a good time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go, I, I, uh, any well, other thoughts on this? Because I think I got a little grumpy there too. It's just like with because it's it's the it's the rise of Skywalker, Ray, a Tatooine discourse. I just again the, the day. I just it is a beautiful end to it. The bookend, like you said, has great powerful power and meaning. And I just uh, I do get a little uh, you know pounding the table to go just where Endor where, where did you want how did you want to take that home this was home we needed to go there yeah yeah no I think uh, I think uh, we feel passionately about uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker and uh, 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 hopefully we try to um, contain that uh, <laughs> and say Sorry. it uh, respectfully but uh, I will uh, I will join you in admitting uh, some some table pounding 
uh, with these, <laughs> with these strong opinions. The pounding's all over here right now. Bum, bum, bum. But yeah, anyways. I'm just pounding quietly, but I'm still pounding. <laughs> uh, let's move on then uh, to the era that we're in right now, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Uh, of course, uh, Boba Fett's story uh, physically starts on Tatooine as he crawls out of the Sarlacc. Uh, we discussed at the beginning of the podcast, maybe an idea where the Sarlacc could <laughs> teleport you to a different yeah. planet and you just, you wake up on Jakku. Uh, but he starts on Tatooine because of the Sarlacc. Uh, but beyond that, why do you think both the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett are uh, so focused on Tatooine? I think starting with the Boba Fett one, you know, you could... You know, we, we don't like to deal with what ifs, could haves, and should haves there. But yeah, you could have had a series of him crawling out and saying, Man, I'm out of here. Don't like it here. This didn't go well for me. But there's so <laughs> this is much. a place of trauma for me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, he can't go back to Camino. This now we know. But yeah, look, look, what is there? His armor's still there. What he thinks he is with that or without that. This vacuum of power, even though Bib Fortuna sits uh, on that throne with some sort of power, uh, but this the represent you know how that represents him trying to to make something new and, and how it is playing with our nostalgia and what we grew up with and building something new from that. I think it is. I at the end of the day, and we'll see two at the time of this recording. Two more chapters of Book of Boba Fett left. Left. Maybe this ends up on Polis Massa. Maybe we do go to Endor. I don't know. Probably not. I, I really stand by this choice there because of what Tatooine represents to us as fans. It, it is it is a, a wide open landscape where the journeys start, where the journeys uh, change, and the journeys end for us just in terms of Star Wars location. So I, I love it for Boba Fett. Yeah, I think it really works works well for Boba Fett. I think uh, Mandalorian. I think you can make an argument that that he initially visits uh, Tatooine uh, because it's it's the beginning of this story, uh, his story intersecting with Boba Fett, with uh, Fett yeah. uh, rescuing Shand, and certainly Mandalorian uh, beginning to develop this uh, relationship uh, with uh, Pelimoto and you know all sorts of stuff. So I, I see them kind of uh, interconnected. But I just really see it in both Mandalorian, but in particular in Book of Boba Fett, when you look at the ideas that were uh, created in um, particularly in A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, this just this sense of exploration of, wow, all these ideas that we can just see the edges of are so interesting. Let's dive in and explore them more. Just that why not spirit of mm. let's go there. And as long as we're here, sure, here's, uh, you know, here's a Womp Rat in Beggar's Canyon. Why not? We're here, you know? Um, I think there's definitely that, like, just, I, you know, the creator's feeling like I have been playing these uh, locations, yeah, these ideas with my action figures for decades, and now I'm going to play with them on screen. There's definitely that. Yeah, but I just don't think it's empty at all because when you look at the ideas, what are all the ideas that are being explored, right? It is showing that the Tuscans have their own culture. Um, it is expanding Jawas. You know, a little bit of that happens uh, to the off-world Jawas, but we're learning more about Jawas. But um, I think such a huge thing that's happening in Book of Boba Fett is taking all these different ideas of Tatooine and saying, yeah, it's kind of a remote place. Uh, it's kind of a place where uh, people can be impoverished. Um, the government, the new government's kind of trying. <laughs> it yeah. feels like it's mostly poor Carson Tevas shouldering it all. But like, <laughs> once again, Tatooine's kind of not important right now. And yet it is to the underworld. So not important to the government, uh, but very important to the underworld. And in between all that, who gets squeezed? 
the people of Tatooine, right? Mm -hmm. Almost every idea that we're seeing is flowing from, uh, you know, a new hope of the, uh, a youth culture of the scarcity of the resource, uh, of water. Um, the, just the idea that there is a culture of the, of people there is pulling from like the jeering kitster to say like, well, Pelimoto is just a person who lives there that matters, who has never lived anywhere else. And I feel like that's where this big story is going to with not just Boba having such a respect, such a life change from the Tuscans, but also being like, Hey, the people on this, you know, planet matter. Mm. The Pikes mm. are coming for our planet. Like it's, it's so not just Boba being like, this is where I'm going to hang my hat. Cause this is where job has power. He's investing in the place. And to me, it's just taking all of these various ideas that have been laid about out about Tatooine and just going deeper and going into this really great uh, Star Wars theme of kind of everybody matters. The people of Tatooine matter. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Tatooine matters, right? That You could put that on the on the poster on the wall. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> the people being squeezed, the, the little folks, the, the, the literal uh, people of the land being slaughtered uh, and all these outside sources. Uh, and I, I love it. I love the idea of uh, Boba Fett saying, you know what? Yeah, we are kind of, we, we kind of don't matter now, right? Well, let's, let's matter. In, in a way, what he did to uh, to the Tuscans with the train of just like, no, the, 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 uh, you know, we, we will fight back. We'll find a way to just let me help you Um I love that. And again, it, 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 it tracks with this idea of when Boba Fett emerges from that and asks himself who he is, you know, and we see the process uh, and who he wants to be, perhaps even more important. We see that we get to see that process. And it just, again, kind of makes sense that it would be there. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Yeah, he could have uh, jetted away, but uh, I just don't think there's anything wrong uh, with uh, creators saying, I've always been intrigued by this little tip of the iceberg idea and I just want to see more of that and I think that's what's happening uh, for myself and I think for me that is one of the big answers of why so much Tatooine is because the small bits of ideas we saw other places were really intriguing so we want to investigate them more. Yeah, again, Tatooine just kind of the shorthand for uh, the story, the beginnings, the the middles, the the opportunities to uh, make yourself out there. It represents a lot. I even think of uh, Cobb Vanth, right? You know, he's he's a great Tatooine story. <laughs> We're gonna rise up, Freetown, Freetown, uh, Moss, uh, Pel- Moss Pelgi, Pelgo. I I I thought yeah. Freetown. Um, <laughs> You know, it's just, I, I love when Tatooine's used like that. Is It's just shorthand for, for things we're familiar with in other stories, too. Yeah, and that's powerful to me that all, all these ideas that are being really explicit in uh, Book of Boba Fett, they have been explored every time that Mando previously visited. So these ideas are really clearly like that's what the creators are interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What sort of new insights on Tatooine do you think might come from the Obi-Wan Kenobi television show? Uh I, I we're going to get a lot into the drinking culture. This we know, um, <laughs> but but Tatooine as uh, you know, it's interesting how it, how it relates to Kenobi and 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 going to the mall Kenobi uh, fireside chat they had there in Rebels. How that's a little bit more from uh, Maul's point of view of look where I found you, right? This, this how oh my god, this dirty, dusty backwater planet. Kenobi does say, look what I've risen above, but I've always taken that as uh, such a spiritual statement and and where he was. And yeah, Tatooine is uh, you know probably out of the most exciting planet, especially during this time. But I I think I see it as is uh, the vastness, the wide openness, uh, where much like with Boba Fett, there's an, it's it's just represents a search for answers. I think Kenobi's gonna have that time in that desert is, is gonna, it's, it's going to be a, a spiritual journey for me. Because, uh, and I think he'll leave and I think there'll be other things going on, but you know what I mean? Like I've been stuck here. 
I've been placed here. This is my mission. And maybe you could fight against that. Maybe you could be uh, not like this land, but what is in this land for you? And how can that make me stronger? How can I rise above this? Let me find out what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is sort of Tatooine is, uh, some level of maybe, uh, purgatory, yeah. <laughs> uh, emotional purgatory. I mean, I, I, I think that he is absolutely going to leave the sizzle reel, I think is trying to be as uh, mm-hmm. clear about that as possible. Um, but I think we are absolutely going to begin with him on Tatooine and, and seeing how he has, what amount of peace has he come to with, uh, not only the, the mission, uh, to watch over Luke, but, with this place and, and how he lives in this place, like his relationship with the environment, uh, the people, I think, uh, I think Maul's insult is he's a rat in the desert, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this idea almost that, that does seem like it might have some relationship to Boba Fett of like, no, this is a place like any others. And it's, it's a harsh place. It's a hard place. But if you get in rhythm with the environment, you know, you can live here, you can be here, you know, uh, this place uh, gives and takes like every other place. And, that seems like a very Jedi, <laughs> you know, uh, in hiding kind of a, a, a process emotionally to have to go through. I also just think like the hut, like, I mean, it's nowhere near spiritual, but like, where'd that come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's all that stuff in it? You know, it's such, it's one of those images that hasn't been explored. It's been in the comic books, but like, I'm really fascinated to see if there's going to be any sort of sense of the history of that place that we see Kenobi in, in a new hope. Yeah. Look, it's it, this, this series, we're so excited for it and, and ho- so hopeful for it. Uh, this is a joke, but if like, if it was five episodes of Kenobi just sitting in that hut going, how did I get here? What do I do? I'd be on board. That's, <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, again, Tatooine's a good starting start. Again, talk about starting points. That's another starting point for, for this story. Yeah. And I also think like, I love making the jokes about his just uh, incredibly harsh Yelp review of Mos Eisley and mm. uh, Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy. But I feel like some of that is warning Luke, but some of that is this honest like pain of like, okay, uh, the Empire's effect on the galaxy is exacerbating greed and poverty and pain mm. and people are suffering and fighting each other uh, over limited resources. And I think some of his harsh opinion of Mos Eisley it's kind of about the pain of of seeing the galaxy uh, controlled and hurt by the Empire. So I think we could see, uh, you know, maybe, you know, possibly some tongue-in-cheek joke about Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy, but also, like, what's the meaning behind that? Why does he feel that way? How does it affect him? Yeah, well, and Tatooine, you talk about a place of, of pain and scars and, and, and trauma. This in, in his face, it's like, we, we fought this big fight. The Jedi did everything we could, uh, and we lost. And, and we've talked a lot about what, you know, Kenobi and, and facing his failure of, of Anakin on the shores of Mustafar and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we fought, we tried to, uh, you know, save democracy and, and, uh, and tyranny or keep tyranny from happening. And look what it is. This is it. It's in my face. Uh, that failure of all of us and the failure of myself. Uh, it's uh, the conditions aren't good here on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in we, we have lots of fun joking about Obi-Wan, but I think a part of his character is he's, he's kind of a cosmopolitan guy. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd rather be on Coruscant, you know, uh, drinking and chatting philosophy. Right. So I think Tatooine challenges him because it is a little bit of like, take a deep breath on your, on your hubris. Uh, take a, take a deep breath on your, uh, you know, I prefer big cities attitude guy. Yeah, yeah, this is it's the start of a sitcom, right? He leaves to live in an apartment in the sky. Now he lives on a, in the ground. Yeah, 
Yes, this is the 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 not the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but the Jedi Master <laughs> of Tatooine. It is a, a story of having to live in a very different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after looking at all these different ideas of how how the the meaning, the idea, the place of Tatooine has slowly been built up, uh, what still excites you about Tatooine? Look, man, going back to Tatooine, which I I I I would like to point out, Joseph, that we didn't really do for five films, unless you count the last minutes of Rise of Skywalker, right? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of the list. It it had been a while since uh, we all thought we were going back in 2015. We weren't, and we really didn't go back until Mando, uh, um, and and maybe some Rebel stuff too. So, but going back is like to me, going back to Tatooine is like checking in on what pulled a lot of us into star wars and not again not just the world not just seeing new hope first but the idea that no matter where you start out you can move into the story and, and then as we begin to peel back the layers and actually take that adventure uh you get to add more to its lore and lore that affects star wars and that's kind of signifies our own growth as star wars fans too right we keep going yeah. back and now 40 years later, you can recontextualize the Tuscan uh, uh, Raiders. I was going to say, I don't even know. I don't personally, I know Boba calls them that every once in a while. I still now say the Tuscans of Dune Sea. That's changed for me. Even we're starting to get a little bit more of the Jawas. You can go spend more time with the pit droids. And, 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 and just as Star Wars fans, something, the way you took it in can change and grow. And going back to Tatooine from time to time, I do not want every episode or every show to go to Tatooine. No, I don't. But Star Wars doesn't have a Tatooine problem. Tatooine is Star Wars. It's home. It's heart. It's where it all begins. And we keep coming back to Star Wars to learn more and more of the story and our own understanding and relationship of it. And Tatooine offers, again, kind of a shorthand for that. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I, I, I think uh, for me, the way I take what you're saying is is a little bit um, what we were talking about earlier. It feels like that everyone matters theme that is, you know, so clear and like, don't overlook the Ewoks. Don't overlook Jar Jar and the Gungans. Everyone matters. Everyone can contribute. Like it's a little bit of that everyone matters theme applied to a planet <laughs> Yeah. of, uh, yeah, a lot of people can look at it uh, as a backwater or look at it as only a, a place of crime or it's only valuable uh, during uh, this war, but it's a place where people live and have a uh, perspective and lives and hopes and dreams and, you know, rich interior lives. And it, it, it can be almost anything on this one planet because of all of the different people who live there, all the different cultures who live there and just writing it off as one thing. It, it's almost Star Wars philosophy to say, no, 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 don't do that. Let's take a closer look and see who really lives there. What do they think? What do they care about? How do they interact and ask all these questions? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things that excites me is it feels like um, there's still so much to explore about Tatooine. Uh, after all these visits to Tatooine, this is the first time we're getting to see, you know, uh, various parts of Jabba's Palace that we've previously only seen in video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so physically and uh, story wise, there's still so much to explore on Tatooine. But the big thing that makes me excited is like, yep, we're spending a lot of time on Tatooine now. We're going to be in this conversation about, you know, if we spend too much time there because Boba Fett spends time there. I'm sure Mando will go back uh, again. Kenobi's going to spend some time there. So I think this will be a debate for a little while. But when you look at a planet like Tatooine and the Jawas and the Tuscans and the pod race and there's like every, uh, the people of Mos Espa, every idea that can be explored so deeply the culture conflicts history the people and go every single planet we have ever visited could be that deep right yeah it makes me so excited to spend this kind of quality time that we can in these television shows on other planets as well yeah 
Absolutely. Hot indoor nights. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Hot indoor nights. My last thought, Ken, is one that kind of uh, occurred while we were talking about it. Um, I really like looking at Tatooine as well as like Tatooine is like the crucible. Tatooine is the test. Like Tatooine makes mm-hmm. you or breaks you. <laughs> you look at various characters who like, uh, you know, if you look at uh, Tatooine, uh, you know, maybe had some good memories at first for Anakin, but events on Tatooine really helped to break Anakin. Yeah. Uh, events on, on Tatooine that could have broken Luke uh, didn't. Uh, Boba Fett went through utter trauma, but then also rebirth. Uh yeah. You know, and then that Obi-Wan's time here is, is basically, a, is this going to make you or break you test? And that's yeah. the discussion that he has with uh, with Maul and Rebels. I, I really like looking at Tatooine. Is like, do you want to see what you're really made of? Go mm-hmm. live on Tatooine for a while. Absolutely. We'll get the Sinatra version of that song. <laughs> I would love to hear uh, Sinatra singing. Uh, he's got a lot of great uh, great city songs. Uh, I think yeah. you could add, uh, add Tatooine or... Or most likely, or most aspect of that. Yeah. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Indeed. Any other thoughts from you, Ken? Uh, no, no, not at all. I love discussing this planet. Uh, I don't know. I've always been connected to it. I know you grew up in the snow. I grew up on the sand. Uh, beaches there, so so uh, close to me in my hometown of Pismo Beach that it just, I always felt like I lived on tattooing for a little bit. And so I'm always connected to it. And again, I can't wait. To, I, I, I joke. I, I want to go check in on uh uh, the legacy of Chirpa. I want to go see, I want to get an apartment in cloud city, but you know what? Luke wasn't from there. Anakin wasn't from there. Jabba didn't rule from there. Tattooing his power and purpose. And I love exploring it. Oh, very well said. So with that, you want to let people know where they can find us. Oh, I'd love to. You can find us in a bar on Tatooine or on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Our podcast available in a lot of different spots, including Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, we are finishing up a run on of our exclusive show for the Companion, Databank Dive. Check it out on the Companion app. Uh, Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly from there. You get into our Discord to have uh, fun celebrating all corners of Star Wars with Force Center listeners. You can find me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com for more. Joseph, you. Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all my other comedy adventures. But for now, for myself, uh, for Ken, for Pelimoto, Big Starklighter, everyone who is called Tatooine Home, this has been Force Center. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.